it's uh, it's been I think a couple years if if I'm not mistaken. It has been. So I'm happy to be back on. Happy to let you know what's going on with me and and what happened uh, with photo and me and and uh, bright days ahead. Absolutely. So it's been quite a while. Like I said, you're on episode 63 with photo. Now we're at episode 101. It's awesome to have you back. And before we get into confident VMS and exactly what you guys are doing, what's the, the challenge in the marketplace? How is your solution uh, helping and going after that problem? We're going to get into that and who that is for exactly. Uh, you were previously with photo and that company was acquired by NetHealth. And we we're talking in the pre-interview and over a recent phone call about that. And it's really interesting stuff that there's been more mergers and acquisitions in the healthcare space, specifically in outpatient physical therapy. And uh, speaking with you, it was more, not just the clinic side, like there's been a lot more clinic acquisitions. You know, there's been consolidation throughout the industry on the brick and mortar practice side. But this was an acquisition of photo, which was a... Would, how would you classify photo as a reminder for anyone that either doesn't know or they're just tuning in now and, and hasn't heard of photo before? Was it a data company? Was it a 100% software, pure play software company? How would you have defined photo? Yeah, it was a software company. We were SaaS based, and uh, but what we were doing was we were uh, capturing patient reported outcomes. And so we were actually for physical therapy practices all across the United States and Canada and even Israel, we were uh, uh, asking questions of patients uh, at intake when they would come in. And uh, we were using pretty sophisticated survey technology so that we didn't have to ask them a lot of questions, just typically six or seven questions before we could tell where they were on the functional scale. And then we'd ask them some other questions that would help us in our risk adjustment, in other words, how much better the patient could get, or we expected them to get, the average patient would get. And then hopefully we'd also um, get some other surveys during treatment and certainly near the end of treatment so that we could, the delta between their functional ability when they walked in the door and their uh, functional ability when you discharge them from PT, hopefully, you beat expectations or at least did as well as was expected. And, and so that's what photo was all about. And uh, we were in thousands of uh, clinics across the United States uh, in Canada and Israel, just like I was saying. So that was fun times. We did a lot of great stuff there. You know, I really enjoyed that, uh, that uh, time in my life and really enjoyed the people. The people were the best, uh, both on the photo side it was just, you never felt like work. It was always fun. It was always a mission we were on every day to, uh, to really service the patients as well as service our customers uh, in helping the patients. So that was a lot of fun. And, but also <clears throat> in interacting with the physical therapist, I loved, uh, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur and most physical therapists, uh, you know, or not most, but I, you know, a good number of them are very entrepreneurial. So, uh, I always connected with them, I thought, pretty well, even though that's not my background. Right. And so the last time you were on with us, you were the CEO of Photo. And then I guess you had left the company at a certain point and then it was acquired uh, slightly thereafter. So um, in the pre-interview, we we're talking about how the company NetHealth acquired Photo. And, and it seems like now it's a very, like there's a lot of um, synergies and how they're bundling photo into their 
medical record offering, right? Is that, is that basically what we were, we were describing in the pre-interview about what, like why they acquired photo and how they're utilizing it? Sure. You know, um, they probably had a number of different reasons they wanted to, but functionally um, they were doing uh, physical therapy documentation system for hospital based mainly physical therapy. Although they have, they also have solutions for private, you know, uh, practice that not associated with hospitals. But uh, when we first drew, started doing business with them, that was where their focus was in the hospital base. So um, part of the physical therapy documentation process uh, for, for customers of ours, for physical therapy clinics that used photo was they wanted to bring the photo uh, documentation into that documentation record. And so many years ago, uh, in fact, right after I landed at photo, that was one of my first big projects that we started off on was how do we uh, work on an API that will work with, with uh, Redoc that later became NetHealth, as well as a number of other, um, just about every other uh, electronic medical record or documentation company in the physical therapy space. We, just about all of them, we had a relationship with an API that would help bring the documentation back in. So, so that was uh, good times. That uh, the acquisition with NetHealth uh, made sense uh, on a number of different levels. Uh, one of the main reasons I think was NetHealth had become our biggest customer. They were bundling a photo in with their offering and their enterprise sales, and uh, and so they um, they became a big uh, customer of ours. So. When the owners of Photo decided to uh, <clears throat> decided to sell the company, they uh, they it made sense to talk with uh, NetHealth and and uh, uh, who had acquired Redoc a number of years before, and and so that happened in August of 2018, and so I left right at acquisition uh, the very next day, so <laughs> so that was part of the deal. So anyway. That's, that's, that's what happened with me and photo and it was a great ride and uh, I think they're in great hands now. That's awesome. So anyone, if you're just tuning in live, this is Curtis Jones. Again, he was previously the CEO of photo currently working with confident VMS. You can check them out at confidentvms.com. I am Dave Kittle, physical therapist and partner at cashbasedphysicaltherapy.org. And if you're looking to get more leads, more new private pay patients, and get time freedom and financial freedom outside of insurance dictating to your patients, you can check out cashbasedphysicaltherapy.org. So tell us a little bit about the current challenge or problem that you and your partners were seeing now at Confident VMS. What's the current challenge and problem? And then that'll segue into your solution as to how it's helping ease or, or attack that problem. Yeah, so the problem uh, in, in healthcare in general, but in specifically when you start talking about the larger enterprise uh, covered entities, you know, the hospitals and large healthcare organizations is, but it, it really gets down to the individual clinics uh, when you hear the problem described. But they, the problems and the risks of sharing sensitive patient data, that's what we're interested in in trying to help solve and mitigate is solve the problems and the risk of sharing sensitive patient data. Uh, it goes by the acronym of PHI, 
Uh, and, and so as the amount of technology and specializ specialization in healthcare has been going up um, every six months, you hear about some new innovative technology and so forth and so on, it just keeps going up. Um, uh, also, because of the specialization, the number of vendors keeps going up. So I was surprised to know as I, we were doing research for this company uh, before we even started it, the average number of, <laughs> my lights just went out, I have to. <laughs> oh, motion, motion lights. <laughs> I've got motion system lights in here. So um, the average uh, number of uh, vendors for a hospital system is over 1,300 vendors. And so as the number of vendors have gone up, in, in healthcare, <clears throat> and the number of vendors has also gone up with regards to handling sensitive data. Well, the other thing that we found as we researched is that um, the number of breaches caused by vendors has gone up. So I think it's over 50% now or close to 50% now of the data breaches that you hear about are due to a third party uh, or vendor uh, uh, vulnerability that was exposed. And so how do you keep up with that? Um, typically in the past, healthcare organizations have had a vendor onboarding process where they check some boxes and make sure that there's no stark uh, uh, violations or there's, uh, there's no um, <clears throat> ongoing exclusions from Medicare that this particular vendor is, uh, uh, has gotten on a bad list at Medicare or, or something like that. Um, so they've been doing a lot of that. And then if it's determined through kind of a manual process that this particular vendor may be handling PHI, then they would sign a BAA, a business associates agreement. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of wipe, wipe your hands and you're done with it. Because now, uh, now they assume responsibility. Right. Yeah. Then it's, you know, hear no evil, see no evil kind of thing until, you know, you have a terrible breach or something like that. Well, a number of years ago, probably four or five years ago, the hospital side of things started getting direction from the government in specific. That wasn't good enough. That you need to be keeping track of your uh, vendors, just like you keep track of your own IT department and the data security and, and so forth and so on. Anyone handling PHI, you need to be doing uh, uh, annual if possible risk assessments or risk reviews or, or some sort of evaluations every year uh, so that you can find out has anything changed, which only makes sense because how often have you sat down and, and started interacting with the technology that maybe you've been away from it for six months or a year and then you come back and you say, wow, this thing is completely different than it was when I first interacted with it. Multiply that over two or three years, things, whole things can change. And so that's the problem is if you've got thousands of vendors, right, and different things are changing about the vendor solutions, products and services that they might be using with the hospital, what was once a vendor that didn't touch anything having to do with the patient, all of a sudden now is. And, uh, you know, so it's a moving target and that's kind of the, the uh, how do you do it? 
how do you how do you organize that is kind of how we got into that was that problem right and so each hospital like one host, each hospital or each large outpatient physical therapy company and organization they have you're saying on average 1300 different vendors so one would be whoever they use for their medical record uh the uh, could be a new patient marketing program. So whether that's over email, you're sending out emails to current or previous patients or snail mail if you're sending out uh, brochures or any you know anything over uh, direct mail. Um, so it's basically anything with the patient, a previous patient or current patient's first or last name, their email address, their home address, their phone number, and it's any of those vendors that are utilizing that patient information where there could be potential breaches and that's where you guys come in. Right. And, and so it's, it's not that there's 1300 vendors at the average hospital handling PHI. There's a subset of vendors that would be handling PHI. But if you think about it, uh, if you've not really been organized and keeping all that updated and have one entry point and not been really uh, a very uh, fastidious about maintaining a list of these things and keeping track of these things, who knows where you start to find out which ones are the ones that we need to be uh, evaluating and when was the last time they were evaluated and so forth. And so part of the problem that we found when we started digging into this was just establishing a list was a Herculean you know, task. It was just or Herculean <laughs> task, however you pronounce that. You know, it was a very uh, difficult uh, lift to find one list. And the problem was that hospitals, wasn't that hospitals didn't have a list. The problem was they had lots of different lists. You know, right. they're, they're, they're all one, different, different spreadsheets, right? You mentioned in the pre-interview. Right. Yeah, they've got an AP system, you know, that's their accounts payable. That's, you know, a list, but it has nothing. It's not holding any metadata about which ones have PHI or not. Then you've got your contracts database, you know, which will be a subset of your vendors, right? Because not every single one is on a contract. And so you're, you're, you, you've got a number of different lists and they're really probably not tied together and there's no system of record that keeps track often in, in a healthcare situation. And, and oftentimes they're trying to manage it with spreadsheets and documents and so forth and so on. So we saw an opportunity uh, to, to, to try to solve this problem in a, in a much better way because I started experiencing this and I was telling you about this when, when you I were was photo. photo yeah. you know, it was death by spreadsheet. We started <laughs> noticing in, in 2012, 2013, we started getting a, you know, a number, not all, a bunch, but a number of our hospitals were sending us risk assessment, basically spreadsheets. And, you know, that's not too bad. You know, it's, you know, 25, 30, 50 questions. And then as the months went on, the types of spreadsheets I was getting, you know, the number of questions started increasing. Uh, and uh, I think by the time I left photo, they, we were regularly getting uh, questionnaires in spreadsheets of 300 questions. You know, per hospital, per organization. You had, yeah, per hospital organization. And then some of those hospitals were being very fastidious. They were, they were sending us one every year, blank. <laughs> so we had to do it. And it wasn't exactly the same one that they did the previous year. So you had, to, it was an administrative 
nightmare. It really was. And, and I was on the vendor side. I had no idea what was going on behind the curtain. I had been on the vendor side for so many years in, in healthcare. And uh, it was funny. Uh, when we, we, we solved that problem for me at Photo with the genesis of this application, my partner had just exited another company. And he came to me while I was at Photo right in the midst of this. And he said, you got anything for me to do? And I said, gosh, I can tell you one thing. If you could do this, um, uh, if you could establish a Bible of security answers and questions for me that I could then teach someone in my organization to arrow those over and match with the questionnaires coming in and really start creating some automation with importing the spreadsheets that we got, matching it, and then sending it on to me and I would review and make sure that things were right and any questions that were were unanswerable by the Bible that we could, uh, uh, I could answer them and send them along back to the, uh, the customer. So we started doing that from the vendor side. One of the first customers that we landed though on the other side of this was a hospital system and we got to peer behind the curtain. And, and that's where the real problem lies, which is you think about 1300 vendors or more and the particular hospital that, that we were working with, it was many, many more vendors. And so we, we looked behind that and they were using automation. The problem is the automation they were using was email and spreadsheets. <laughs> and so that sounds great. You know, I'm gonna send a risk assessment to this particular vendor, right? And all these vendors. And so they'd send it out, but then the problem is they received them and it's being received back to people whose time is very valuable and they just don't have any extra time to really do the kind of review that they need to do on any, at any velocity. And so <clears throat> they were receiving back these 300, you know, question questionnaires and they were having to go through and do, you know, oh, they didn't answer that in a way that I like. I need to, I need to get back with them. Well, let's arrange a phone call. <laughs> and so, you know, just arranging a phone call. Well, it's not just with one person. It may be with several different people on the phone. You might have the originator of the, you know, I want this vendor's product in, in my, uh, in my um, <clears throat> uh, practice or, or in my department. And, and, uh, and so they, they're really hot to trot. They want to get this thing going. They want to start using this product and, and the CISO or whomever's doing the review and the, from the IT department is saying, well, you know, I got in on this so late. I'm so sorry, but you know, this, this technology doesn't even work uh, for us with our standards, you know? And, and so then, you know, you're resolving, trying to resolve that kind of thing. And so we, we, our, our solution is to bring tons of automation and efficiency to that process for virtually every single person involved in that process from the person who's originating it in a hospital department, maybe it's a physician or, or a department manager is trying to buy a piece of equipment, buy a piece of technology or a product and getting that faster and getting the process more transparent to the organization and getting lots of efficiencies for both the vendor and how they answer it and the reviewer and how quickly they can review it 
and get questions answered, the inevitable questions answered that comes from the risk assessment. So that's what we're doing. It's a little long-winded, but. Uh, well, it's, it's, a, it's a, not an easy challenge. I mean, it's, a, it's more complex, and so it does require a little bit more in terms of uh, describing the challenge and, and how a solution would help alleviate that, that challenge in the marketplace. So um, you have some, you have clients already, you have customers already in terms of hospital organizations in the near future, or maybe you already have, but who might be uh, like a mid or larger size outpatient physical therapy practice that would maybe be interested in speaking with you guys about protecting their data, their protected health information, all their PHI, because as those companies get larger, whether they're growing organically or they're growing through acquisitions, as we talked about before, they are at more and more risk of breaches and they're getting to critical mass or, or larger. So if someone's listening that's in a mid-size or larger outpatient physical therapy practice or others or others that might be within our, our profession, who would be the right fit for this within our physical therapy profession? You know, I think just like we were talking about, there was a lot of consolidation going on and still is probably in the physical therapy uh, uh, practice field. And so you've got these mega groups of 25, 50, 100, 150, 200 clinics. And certainly when you reach that kind of scale, there's going to be lots of vendors and lots of standardization of process, but also every new uh, practice group that you bring on brings a lot of unknown risk that you're trying to, you know, you're trying to get out in front of when you're doing your due diligence, but getting them on a platform that is really systematic and automatic about this would be, would be uh, great. And so, you know, it's typically when you get into the hundreds of vendors you're trying to manage it, that's when it becomes, you know, really difficult and very time consuming to keep track of just even your business associate agreements, you know, if your lawyer says, hey, you should really change this language in, the, in these business associate agreements, and you have to then figure out, okay, who, who needs a new one? Who needs a new version of this? And you send it out and track all that. We've automated so much of that so that um, we can really make the most use of your staff's time. But then when it gets to determining who's handling PHI and who's not, you know, We've got that all automated and taken care of, and, and then uh, we have it automated and taken care of where they can get an assessment or a, um, an evaluation once a year or once every two years that keeps track of how their technology may or may not have changed and whether or not uh, anything has changed and how, how, what the risk profile is. Maybe when they first started, they were just you know, handling a few hundred patients' data. Now they're, they've got, you know, 50,000 patients' data in their database, and, and you don't even know where the data is, maybe. You know. So that's the type of thing that we're trying to bring, um, the, uh, the automation and the scale of technology to scale that problem and make that much more manageable and require fewer FTEs and partial FTEs to, to administer this. Right. So through your solution, not only can you make it uh, like less manpower, because like the alternative would be what? The alternative is you have a staff member or several staff members that have to 
manage this and inherently when the more humans that are involved, the more it's possible to have things fall through the cracks or to uh, not realize like, oh, wow, it's actually been three or four years and there hasn't been any formal risk assessment on your all of your like sensitive data. And we talked about there's total vendors, but then we're talking about specifically the vendors that are using or you're utilizing the, the PHI that's passing through those vendors and whatever service or EMR or uh, whatever is uh, that, that specific use case for that vendor that, that they're, they're offering. Right. It, it, exactly. So it's, 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 it's that, that kind of thing at scale is where we come in and, and, and do it. And so you'd be surprised at how much just managing BAAs, how much time that takes out of a particular person's uh, 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 monthly and, and annual uh, time frame or, or, or FTE, partial FTE. So, you know, just as you're, your business is growing, uh, oftentimes there's just been manual processes that you don't even think about because they, they're at scale is when they begin to break and you don't realize it until you get to that scale oftentimes. And so um, it's got to be a certain size, but I would say certainly as you're getting into, you know, anywhere from 25, 50 and on up number of practices, uh, what we can do probably will save some time. What should some of the smaller practices focus on or or think about into in like in the whole data PHI? Um, like you said, it's easy to just sign a BAA and kind of wash your hands, and then that vendor takes responsibility. Um, but if someone has, let's say, somewhere between two to twenty-five locations, so if they have ten or twenty. Uh, they're they're growing. They have uh, they're they're gaining critical mass, and either they're popping up startups and and de novos, or maybe they're acquiring other clinics. Um, what are some things that they should focus on, maybe internally that they could do in the short term, where maybe they don't, maybe they're not quite ready to in, invest in your solution. Like what could they do in the short term? Uh, I guess it's a lot of the manual stuff that you might have done at photo at one time when you were dealing with all this. Sure. Yeah. So I think the big thing is to think about um, from the standpoint of PHI as well as electronic PHI. Uh, I think most people who are fairly sophisticated about this understand, you know, we're not supposed to keep uh, uh, report patient reports out in the lobby where other patients could see them or, or, or interacting with, you know, so we, we kind of understand that type of thing. But sometimes because data is really abstract, it's abstracted to a hard disk drive or, or up in the cloud or something like that, we don't think about where the data is, where it resides, and where it could go. Just thinking about your PHI and all the different ways that it exists in your workflow in your organization um, is where I would start. And, and, and just try to make a mental list of it. You know, pick a Sunday night or a Monday night or, or a early morning sometime when you have to really think clearly and think about where is my data, my PHI data, and where does it live? And uh, um, I think at that point, you know, getting a, a list from your, uh, out of your uh, accounts payable 
and look and see, you know, who are the vendors that, you know, that we're doing business with and, and see, do they, do they come in contact with this is, you know, so on and so forth. And where do they store the data and, and so forth. I think it's where you'd start to determine, you know, uh, you know, getting your hands around um, uh, the problem. And uh, I think you'll be surprised at how, how often uh, different things like that, uh, um, you know, trip people up. Right. Um, just by glancing over the website, confidentvms.com. So again, we're talking about vendor risk management. That's where the VMS comes from. So vendor risk management system reduces by 75% the resources required to lower your vendor security risk, increase your compliance, and achieve audit readiness. Who uh, is it? Is it CMS? It, who's who's usually leading these audits in terms of specifically the outpatient physical therapy world, or even and maybe it's different with the hospital organizations. Um, is it is it CMS or? Other organizations doing leading any, those. Any suspected uh, violation or whatever, the Office of Civil Rights (OCR) will actually um, be the uh, the group that will be auditing uh, and handing out, you know, uh, fines or or penalties and so forth. So that's who the audit um, um, uh, government entity is. There's also a state by state district attorney's offices um, can um, uh, get involved. So it's um, um, that, that that's the one that's doing it. I forgot the other part of your question though, excuse me. Well, no, just the, the, the slogan on the website in terms of kind of like this short uh, sentence of like describing what you guys deliver. And the one thing was achieve audit readiness. So, uh, right. Those audit can those audits be voluntary as well internally? Like you should is that something that an organization should do yearly anyway? Absolutely, yes. So that's that's the, what I began to describe to you is really kind of your own kind of personal audit. You start thinking about it, but uh, there are lots of um, uh, doing your own internal risk assessment and audit of where your data is, what's PHI and so forth and so on. Is something that you should definitely be doing. And then once you identify that certain vendors may have it, then making sure that they answer some um, assessment, structured assessment uh, questions is, is doing, uh, it's part of doing your own due diligence to make sure that they're handling your patient's data well. Because that's, that's what, in the end, um, OCR is typically coming after the covered entity. And in the PT world, that's you if you own the practice, right? You're the covered entity. Right. You're supposed to be responsible uh, for that. Now you might say, well, this, this uh, vendor signed the BAA. Well, that's true and you'll be able to use that, but at the same time, you're gonna be involved because um, um, uh, it's your patient. So that's, that's part of the issue and, and just not having your uh, I's dotted and your T's crossed in that regard is, um, you think, well, you know, there's a lot of forgiveness there. No, <laughs> there really isn't. Uh, that you, you, you've got to show a culture of compliance, and you've got to show that um, that you're um, you're doing the right things. I, I remember there's one of the largest penalties ever given, and I'm, I'm going to get this not exactly right, but uh, pretty much right. Was uh, recently was 
I think over in North Carolina, it may have been South Carolina, but in Carolina, they were, uh, there was a hospital group that had allowed a, uh, one of these uh, uh, computer companies to the recycling companies to take the computers and and recycle them and so forth and so on and that basically what they were doing was they were destroying them right and uh, and and that's all well and good and they destroyed them they destroyed the hard drives and so forth and so on the problem is they didn't have a receipt and documentation that they had destroyed this particular computer with this particular hard disk drive and data and you know here's the documentation that this happened they just said yeah we did it you know and uh because they weren't doing that and i think there were several other things that you know they they were they weren't really concerned that anything had been lost it was just they had no documentation to know whether or not it had happened yeah like so, how and like how many units were actually destroyed on what certain date by who and so it could have one of the computer terminals or units could have actually been not destroyed. It could have, someone could have like just put it aside or something. Theoretically, right, uh, right. you know, so uh, it's, but that was just it. You know, I've, I've heard it said uh, uh, ever since I've kind of gotten into this uh, part of um, healthcare or healthcare technology is if it's not documented, it didn't happen. <laughs> you know, uh, and so that's a, that's another thing that people, uh, it's the hardest thing to to start doing is getting your internal uh, uh, practices at your um, at your practice where you're documenting things like this, and the people who work in your technology department are documenting the things that they do with regards to these things, so that uh, um, you're not caught uh, with in a in a vulnerable state uh, if you if you are ever audited. Now, there was an example that you mentioned over a recent phone call that we had about uh, marketing materials. You mentioned recently Blue Cross Blue Shield sent out a mass marketing, so an actual physical paper uh, mailer. Uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield had sent out a mass campaign, and it, you said it included something like diagnosis and age, or it was shown on the, the actual mailer, and that they then incurred a fine and a penalty from OCR. Um, Let's just talk about that real quick and because there's other physical therapy practice owners listening to this and they might do physical mailers about uh, some offer like come to a workshop or if they're opening a new location or if they're doing email marketing. Um, what, it, what was the backstory to that? Well, I think it was one of the major insurance carriers. I'm pretty sure it was Blue Cross Blue Shield. I'm not absolutely positive on that, but it was definitely, it was a mailer and something about the, 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 uh, the way that the mail went out in the mailer, it actually showed through the envelope a diagnosis or something that was able to be seen and it went to the wrong person and then they were having trouble even knowing the scope of what had happened. And um, so I may have conflated that case with two other cases, but it was something having to do with that. And you hear about these all the time where, um, you're communicating with patients, say, through the mail or through some sort of marketing, and the list gets mixed up, and you start inadvertently talking to one patient about something else. And a lot of these vendors who are doing uh, these types of marketing for hospitals and stuff where they're interacting with patients, a lot of them are mom-and-pop startups, you know, that, that really don't even think about uh, 
technology, you know, we're just doing mailers here. Well, they're, they're getting a fee, you know, uh, through an FTP, you know, and they're, uh, uh, you know, this, this feed is going on to computer and it's got a list of patients and that's, you know, personal identifiable information. It might even be PHI. And so there's, there's uh, <clears throat> these type of things crop up all the time. Other than uh, confidentvms.com, Curtis, what is the best way for someone to contact you specifically? Is it online, maybe LinkedIn, or just the website to learn more about this if they are at a critical mass or even if they're in that lower zone, like two clinics, two to 25 clinics, but maybe they're growing, they're accelerating their growth, and they want to at least touch base with you guys to just to hear about your solution and learn more about how they can protect their PHI and also at the same time make their staff a little bit more efficient because then their staff can actually do other roles that would be appropriate rather than doing a lot of this uh, man, almost like manual labor of looking through all these different vendors and spreadsheets and risk assessments and checking BAAs and, and all that. So what would be a good place for someone to reach out to you or connect to you guys? Sure. So the best way is either through the website, confidentvms.com. Uh, my email is curtis.jones, that's C-U-R-T-I-S dot jones at confidentvms.com, VMS for Vendor Management Solutions. And uh, so those are the two best ways. I'm also on LinkedIn. I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. So you can look me up uh, on LinkedIn, um, Twitter, uh, at Curtis Jones Knox, K-N-O-X. And uh, so there's all sorts of different ways. I've probably got too many ways. <laughs> right, no, we, we all have those different ways to connect <laughs> online for sure. Um, LinkedIn's, LinkedIn's a big one for sure. Guys, go ahead and check out confidentvms.com. That is www.confidentvms.com. Protect your data, protect your, protect, protect your PM, PHI, and um, make sure that you have all these risk assessments performed annually. Even if you don't have Curtis and Confident VMS perform it, at least someone should perform it, right? Right. Okay. So, uh, everyone, thank you so much for joining in. This is episode 101, PT Tech Talk. I am Dave Kittle. Go ahead and check out cashbasedphysicaltherapy.org for more on what we're doing. And, Curtis, thank you so much for your time. Look forward to having you back in the future, maybe in the next 30 or 40 episodes. Yeah, that sounds great. I'd love to do it. Thank you so much for the interview. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Take care. Take care.